Welcome to the Super Jump Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Wolf, and as always, I'm here with editor-in-chief of Super Jump and founder of Super Jump, James Burns. Hey, James, how's it going? Great, how are you? Pretty good. On our Saturday afternoon for me and Sunday morning for you, I am, as usual, neutral. Um, we have a very special guest today, so let's let's skip our own quibbles and quipes. Uh, Heil Russell from DK Vine. We're so glad to have you. How are you doing? That's all right. I, I'm glad you think I'm special. My mom thinks I'm special, so... <laughs> Well, it's we nice all, to have positive affirmation in my life. We all need a little <laughs> encouragement uh, here and there. And as, as as a podcasting person, I'm I'm just so glad to have you on our show. Your podcast, um, in, in some ways, helped me get into just podcasting in general. Um, this is the Super Jump Podcast, Heil and listeners. And what we like to do is we just take one topic and about gaming and and we talk about it all episodes. So this this might seem weird, but our topic this week is you and in a more general sense fan websites for gaming and fan okay. communities. Sure. Um so before we get started, there's just a reminder we like to throw up at the top if you can, if you'd like to um if you think you might want to help us in any way, subscribing to us on iTunes and uh following super jump podcast on medium or so, sorry super jump on medium is so so key to our growth it's just so great to have feedback and it really 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 helps people find us uh on on google and the itunes search bar and, and all of that so if you use medium if you use itunes please help us out there um, Heil Russell, Mitchell, in one James. minute, can you tell, in the span of one minute, can you tell us what DK Vine is? Oh, Lord. All right. Well, I know DK it's a tall order. Vine. Okay. Are, is there a clicking or a ticking clock, a clicking talk? Is there a stopwatch of sorts? Your so minute starts sure this- right now. All right, well, DK Vine was founded in 1999, basically on the premise that uh, most of Rare Limited, back then known colloquially as Rarewares, uh, m- most of their furry animal output, like Donkey Kong, Banjo, Conker, all existed within the same shared universe, and more specifically, the same archipelago. Uh, all, all their Most of their games take place on islands uh, in relative... Uh, a short distance from one another. So we, we were embracing a whole shared universe concept uh, before it became in vogue for every uh, hack Hollywood studio to have their own cinematic universe. Uh, and we've, we've been running since 1999 uh, in, in some form or another. And through all of the ups and downs of, of, of rares existence of, of Donkey Kong country just uh it, it's been weird and i would have never thought i would still be doing this at age 33 that's almost exactly a minute you went a little over i didn't want to stop you but you did it good job um all right they they call me the minute man at least that's <laughs> what my, my wife calls me um great uh james why don't you field a question we got some a list of questions here well, I probably before I ask a question, I've just got to make an observation. Uh, if if you haven't heard this today until now, <laughs> I've got to congratulate you because that amount of time um, running a website, I think of any kind, especially sort of a fan based website, is is kind of incredible, and it's almost it's got to be almost unheard of in terms of gaming. Surely, um, I mean there are there are probably a couple of other examples, but. Um, you know, what we're coming up to twenty years, just about, um, of DK Vine, <laughs> um, which is pretty incredible. <laughs> um, how I, I guess my question would be, it might sound silly, but what actually keeps you going? Like, what's kept you going for so long? You know, I mean, it would be a complete fabrication to say that 
we've we've wanted to do it for the, this long. There mm-hmm. have been periods of time, especially you know once we left high school and uh, you know went to college, early twenties, that our interests completely veered elsewhere. But I think we're fortunate that in the times that we didn't want anything to really do with it, or or we were just too busy becoming adults mm. we had uh, like proteges and other people who wanted to like keep the flame alive and, and and then when we reached that point like past the mid-20s where you go through the whole quarter life depression cycle <laughs> and, and you come out of it on the other side and you realize you know what i don't need to forsake all these things i enjoyed as a child if they still bring me happiness and I'm not hurting anybody, well, why why can't I have that be a healthy part of my life uh, so long as it doesn't come at the expense of anything uh, relatively important? So it, it's just we, we are very fortunate in that we built something that at least resonated with enough people that others refused to let it die on our behalf. And mm-hmm. uh, for that, uh, especially I have to call out our uh, – site staffer he's who's still on the site uh david lynch he uh he actually owned the site for a couple of years when uh neither me or my uh my co-founder chad mckenna wanted really much to do with it and while we were we were out out in hollywood trying to be screenwriters which i'm, I'm proud to say we failed at that uh it, it's it's just heartening to know that other people said no that this 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 can't go away and then when we are ready to come back and actually i don't know treat it with the the lukewarm reverence it, it made me deserved in the first place then um mm-hmm. then then it was ready for us so um th- this might be another tall order but could you very quickly explain um just so our listeners who aren't familiar with your website uh, sure. can, can kind of get, uh, can kind of get footing in this. What are what are the ups and downs you're referring to? Uh, why why was it hard at one point and then and then good again? Well, I mean, a... does, does does any burgeoning young man really want to be writing for what people label as a Donkey Kong website when they're you know 21? It... Sure, but There's I was that, referring to what, what's the thing that that really made you come back. Oh, well, so in 2010, uh, past the, the failed screenwriter phase, we, uh, we, we got the news that uh, Nintendo, via Retro, Stu- Retro Studios, was reviving Donkey Kong Country. And it, it just became this kind of um, crystallizing moment for everybody where we realized this stuff still matters to us. And, oh, my God they're making a new Donkey Kong Country game. And Hmm. they announced it in early June. And then by August 22nd, which was the anniversary of the site, then the 11th anniversary of the site, um, that math adds up, yes, uh, we we came back full time, uh, bought the site back, and um, revamped it for the new decade. So that was kind of the... well, actually, like the third rebirth of the site at that time. Although, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say the site has never actually been down. It's it's jump servers. It's it's been you know accessible via different uh, names and whatnot. But it's actually never gone through a period of just being down, ex- except when uh, Putin hacked us. But that was a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're gonna have to explain that one too. <laughs> Yeah, right now. Yeah, okay. I mean you can't yeah. just so, that that you can't just put an elephant in the room out of nowhere and <laughs> expect us to not right, comment right. on the elephant. All right. Well, well, last November, right before you might have heard there was a, there was a contentious presidential election last November, and mm-hmm. you know everybody everybody like every publication, no matter how insignificant, were were endorsing candidates and i thought wouldn't that be a clever idea if this this donkey kong website endorsed the presidential candidate thinking that everybody would like get the absurdity because so much of our site is built into the irony of there being a site about this stuff in the first place so i thought that would just be right you know 
in that spirit, that traditional spirit. And, and so I, I endorsed a, a presidential candidate with, you know, under the premise that this presidential candidate would be the best for Donkey Kong. And <laughs> apparently there were uh, Russian-based um, hackers and uh, saboteurs who were looking for sites that were pro this candidate to shut down uh, in advance of the election, and they uh, they they uh, they attacked us <laughs> based <laughs> like one hour after this article went up. Uh, hackers based uh, in I believe it was the uh, e- eastern Ukraine uh, attacked us. So wow, yeah. So that's that's my badge of honor that I've been carrying for the last ten months. They really wanted to suppress that Donkey Kong constituency. I know, right? <laughs> so uh, that's just, and I, I love that I can tell that story with a straight face, and, and you know, people generally choose not to believe it, but it, it's true, and um, because it's just. We are, I mean, we do brand ourselves as a comedy site. We don't take what we do seriously because it, it's absurd in and of itself, but also just because so, so many of Rare's games were just based in this kind of self-deprecating, dry irony, mm. this, this British sense of humor. So, you know, I, I love that we have this just, this antidote to share that's completely <laughs> ludicrous, but it happened. Yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> There's there's a little bit of denial that the Trump campaign had anything to do with uh, Russian pushers, but <laughs> whenever I get into this conversation, I'm always like, actually, uh, I've got some pretty good proof. <laughs> yeah, when's Mueller going to call me up? I want to testify. <laughs> um, so, I, so that's recent. This, this is where we've... <laughs> this is where your work's taken you. Um, but you, you've been here since... How old were you when you started the website in '99? Oh, math! Math is not my strong suit. That's were you why 15 I run a or so? 15, website. give or take a year. Uh let's see. Graduated in 2002 from high school, so uh, 18, 17, 16, 15. Uh, yeah, I was. I was what? Like six? I probably 16 or 15 or 16. I don't know. That's uh, that's really young. But I mean, I yeah. guess that's what time does. Um, Donkey Kong likes him young. What can I say? Uh, no, it's you know it, it. What it was was you know I I had been online basically like my my parents did the free AOL trial. You know the shiny disc you put in the computer, you get so you know yeah. free minutes or whatever. Uh huh. The and, internet was on uh, that CD. Oh, I mean those CDs were great. They were everywhere, and I'm I want to go like harvesting them from landfills because. I feel like my life is so naked without those, you know, free, you know, two hundred free AOL hour disc. <laughs> James, but, was that the same system that Australia had? Was that everywhere? We yeah, we had the same system here. Yeah, gotcha. Such a so, silly way of doing you know, things. I, I'd been online, and then my parents were like, "This is ridiculous. This costs way too much money." And then AOL introduced America Online for for those who have purged that service from your mind. Uh, America Online introduced the, like, unlimited, like, you can actually be online and it won't, like, cost you anything by the minute. And, and then, so, by 19, like, 1998, summer 1998, I finally convinced my parents, hey, it won't cost you an arm and a leg anymore, and I really feel like I need this for school. I really feel like I need to be online for the coming school year. It was It was a bluff, but... I, uh, we, we got AOL again, and so then I started getting active, of course, immediately. Um, Rare's website, uh, which was referred to as Rareware, W-H-E-R-E, you know, a pun, uh, run by Lee Loveday, one of the writers who's, who's still at Rare today, and just immediately fell in love with the sense of humor, because I'd been a big fan of these games since Donkey Kong Country came out. And I, I kind of rambled to my in real life friends about them, but clearly I, I was a man alone. I, I was the only one with this kind of absurd passion for them. And, you know, I had this whole shared universe conceit already like mapped out in my head. And so I would go on 
you know, Rare's website didn't have a message board. So I would send letters to Lee Loveday, but that wasn't fulfilling enough. So I went to Nintendo, uh, Nintendo of America's website and went on their message boards and people hated me there. but it was on there that i met chad uh, and we we got to talking because we we both had similar mindsets about you know our our passion for rares games and you know he he wanted to build a website i wanted to build a website and we decided well let's just pull our resources because you know he was good on the technical side of things like actually building a website and he he was good you know he, he he was quite skilled as a teenager for with art assets and I didn't know how to do any of that stuff, but I could write. So we, we felt like it just made sense to team up. And, and I say I could write. Looking back at it, I could not write. But as a teenager, I thought I could write. Yeah, I was going to ask you uh, about that. How do you feel about your teenage work being on the website like so closely tied to the stuff that you're doing now? That I, I'm sure you might argue that your, your stuff now is of a higher level of quality, maybe? How do you oh, no, feel about it's that? still complete garbage. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's more defined because the, the thing is, there's nothing to distinguish this was written in 1999 when I was in high school versus, no, this was written last Thursday. <laughs> and it, it's one reason why I think I subconsciously gravitate towards, like, I, I, I'm, like, we're basically, like, moving towards more video content. And this is this has been a year-long process but the, it's finally coming together and we're gonna you know finally have regular youtube content beyond just our, our podcast is also on youtube hmm. so I, I think that's one reason why like mentally b- besides it being 2017 and that's how you actually build an audience these days uh it, it's also a way to kind of separate my my inane scrawlings on from my post pubescent uh teenage years versus today and well i mean i've had to add disclaimers to a couple of things just saying hey this was written in 1999 have a laugh with me but let's 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 be real and don't hold this against us so it's that that's the one drawback to being around that long is the quality control isn't quite what it should be and and like we have to go back and like clean up. I, I'm, one of my goals is to go back and clean up so much of that stuff without kind of removing the essence of the, the teenage uh, enthusiasm from back in the day. So, yeah, I, uh, I started writing for super jump like four months ago and I already, <laughs> I, I already go back and I feel like, Oh man, my early stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I mean, to be fair, that's healthy for a writer. A writer, sh- the, the the second a writer is content with what they've done, is, is when you know you're a hack. It's, I don't think every writer needs to be tortured, but you definitely need to be self-critical to keep mm. pushing yourself to get better. Mm. So yeah. And I'm I'm curious about like you mentioned the the podcast and the the fact that you're moving more into the video space. But I wonder if we could just stop on the podcast again because it definitely seems to me that there's been a bit of a change in terms of, um, I'll, I'll put it under the umbrella of gaming media, but it includes everything from you know fan sites right up to the big IGNs and that sort of thing. There definitely seems to be an expectation now in 2017 that you've got this kind of more diverse content happening, you know, that you're you're not just writing, but you're doing video, you're doing audio, that sort of thing. Um, sure. When did you start the podcast and what was the kind of process you went through to start it? Because that's obviously quite a different thing. That's a different discipline than, than writing. Uh, so the podcast, I mean, it, there's been different iterations of, of a podcast on our website. And I mean, even back in like early 2000, we would have internet we had an internet radio station where uh, they, they would do like, I think they did like three like live shows on this internet radio station. It just, I mean that, hey, again, it was the year 2000 or 2001. So that was pretty impressive back then. Yeah. And I didn't take any part in that because I didn't feel like I was a performer at all. And it kind of mortified me to even like 
come out from behind my keyboard in any way. And so it, it was Chad and, and one of our um, staffers, uh, Ben Cosmina, a uh, fellow Australian, uh, who, who who did that stuff. And then we had a, a, a podcast that started when uh, Chad and I were off making college uh, TV and, and we weren't really concerning ourselves too much with content for the site. And that was the Pod DK cast that was started up by uh, some of the um, the site staffers at the time and then can i just interrupt really quick uh the pod dk cast is just my favorite name for a podcast ever it's it's terrible (laughs) i i i suggested that to them because i thought it would be hilarious to have a pun that doesn't make any sense when you read it out loud (laughs) so it was supposed to be just the podcast with a k instead of a c in the middle but you have to actually have to say pod DK cast for it to make any sense. Uh, so 2010, uh, it, Chad really convinced me to come out of my show. And he said, you know, you, you really have to uh, do this pod. We, I want to start a podcast and we, we've got to do it together because we're, you know, we're considered the, the, the voices of the site. And, and so I, I was like, okay. And you go back and so we did the vine donkey kong audio program which was less a podcast and more uh a radio play it it was just heavily serialized and we played just awful versions of ourselves it it was essentially like what if the real the real us were a bunch of misogynistic like racist self-absorbed idiots and it's it's humor we couldn't even get away with today, and I, I'm mortified that we kind of did it. But it, especially since we used our real names, it was kind of like this the Stephen Colbert Colbert Report kind of thing. But that that kind of helped me kind of get a rhythm for it. And then we, we couldn't keep up with the schedule for that because it involved there were there were like a feature length radio plays. So we it, it started like as a bi-weekly thing and then it just became every few months and then it became we can't even keep up with this so i suggested we we start a weekly podcast called the conversation where we just remove all narrative elements and actually just talk like real people the real us and we started that in 2013 january 2013 and we're in our fifth year now so uh did wow. i think at 245 episodes so far so jesus that's so many yeah (laughs) and you you go back and listen to the early ones of that and i'm just like hello and welcome to the conversation i am heil russell i like donkey kong how about you and and now i'm just like i i I sound like i've snorted a line in in the men's room before doing each (laughs) show so you definitely grow like, like anything you just have to get experience and kind of trust that you can figure it out as you go along so so um, the way I was uh, introduced to DK Vine was a, a video was recommended to me on YouTube, and it was The Conversation. It was an episode of The Conversation that you and Chad did with um, Chris Sutherland. And Chris Sutherland was one of the programmers on Banjo-Kazooie and, and Tui and, and a, a, a number of different games at Rare. Donkey Kong Country 2. Donkey yeah. Kong Country 2, sure. And he was talking to you guys about ukulele, which I didn't know about yet. Like, the news was just breaking, and you were one of the first uh, interviews. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's a huge jump from, from just being a fan in the 1990s, occasionally writing emails to Lee Loveday at Rare, to being actively in part of, uh, in part of the, uh, what am I trying to say? the i guess marketing process for, for ukulele a little bit um no absolutely yeah yeah how, how's that well how do you think that's impacted you I not mean, as a person it's... more of a well as a person whatever <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's definitely like I, I don't i don't even know because yeah we we were basically just a bunch of clowns kind of producing content in a vacuum and then i mean it, it, it was a only a little over two years ago that we we reached out to play tonic and you know come to find out like the 
people at Rare and therefore the people at Platonic, they knew our site, they read our site, you know, they, they've lurked on our forum. So it, it's, it's like, oh, we actually weren't doing this stuff in a vacuum after all. Like it, the, the weird thing is you put stuff out on the internet and, and people are likely to see it. And I think in particular because the people at Rare had been just through so much like negativity, uh, especially post uh, Microsoft buyout, as far as just eventually like they're, they're a lot of their, their fans turned on them and just started, Oh, every, all the good ones at Rare left. And, you know, so I think because we were still around and we were still very much supportive of these creators, and still liking their output, I, I think we, our site kind of, it, it, in their eyes, it was a rung above the others because at the very least, we weren't just being outright dismissive. I mean, we, we mm-hmm. were still, we still had our heads up our asses about so much stuff, but um, so yeah, Chris Sutherland, you know, wanted to do an interview with us and you know, we, we reached out, you know, it was like, hey, would, 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 would one of you like to, you know, speak with us? And it was uh, Gavin Price uh, replied to us and said, well, how, how about Chris? <laughs> uh, so uh, that that was pretty mind blowing. And then that just like all of a sudden just a, a chain of dominoes started to fall. Uh, Rare basically invited us out to E3. This was when they announced Rare Replay and Sea of Thieves. And from then, we, we started developing a relationship with them and, you know, under the Microsoft umbrella. And, you know, we were we appeared in the, the Sea of Thieves 2016 E3 trailer, which everybody thought we were fade, fake paid actors or, or fake <laughs> YouTubers, which I guess we are because we're not really YouTubers. But um, but how do I trust your opinions if you sold out so hard, Heil? <laughs> Well, that's that's the thing. Like I, that is the tightrope walk you you kind of have to walk. I, 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 I don't feel like I've sold out because I'm still like I I love Sea of Thieves and uh, I I think Sea of Thieves is is one of the most fun games I've ever played. I would not be saying that if I didn't actually believe it. Even even if you know they invited me to be in the trailer, um, I I do very much care about like personal integrity and you know i i look we, we've been fans of rare for so long and you know we've been defending grab by the ghoulies for how long now that was before <laughs> we had any relationship with these people and it's not like there's any financial kickbacks or anything so it, it's we're, we're just like enthusiastic about it and look i can say like oh i think banjo pilot is shit and you know it, it's not like i have to suddenly be boot a bootlicker it, it's but you have to be conscientious because you know other people are going to think, well, you're a shill now. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's, 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 been, it's been difficult trying to uh, find that middle ground. And, and with Nintendo, it, it's fine because we don't have any relationship with them whatsoever. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty the... close, close to their chest about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think they would be happy with the content we produce because we are we we work very blue sometimes and I, I it's at odds with their family friendly image. Yeah, I wrote a very nice article about Pikmin and I expected at least a thank you card from Miyamoto, but nothing. It's it's been <laughs> I know it's been weird. They're so conceited over there. Yeah, <laughs> sitting in his ivory tower. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean it's. You know, like and when ukulele came out, I, I was critical where I thought I could be critical, but I also, you know, genuinely enjoyed most of the game. And and so, you know, I, I hope I didn't like, you know, offend anybody platonic by saying, oh, I really don't care for this particular aspect of this world. You know, it's. Yeah, right. I and think I, we're, 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 st- we're still the same fan site. We are. It's just, you know, we're. If the creators want to play with us, we're more than willing to play with them. So, mm. yeah, and I think I really take that point. Like, I think it kind of speaks to this thing of well, as well of um, you know, there seems to be this tendency, at least in certain parts of the gaming community, to say, you know, this game's great, this game's terrible, but actually, you can have that 
nuanced opinion. You know, you can come exactly. from a place of being a fan, being an enthusiast, being really open about that. Like, you know, I make no bones about the fact that I'm a big Nintendo enthusiast. But, you know, you can you can analyze that game and have a generally good experience, but still point out the, the parts that don't work. And I think um, I, it, there, do, there does seem to be a group of people who just don't, who won't tolerate that, like who won't accept that. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's tribalism and it's also this, this, I mean, look, I could, I could get into a sociological rant here, but (laughs) I feel like we, we just deal in extremes. Everything is either perfect or it's terrible and Mm. there's, there's no room for nuance anymore. And, and it's like, no, you know, you can genuinely like something, but find a few faults and be open about that. And I, yeah. you know, I, but I, I think we also have, we can do that more with our site because it's rooted in just this ludicrous kind of facade. So we, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're very tongue in cheek. So it, it's not like we're, we're like, a, oh, I'm a professional uh, game critic and here are my thoughts. It's, mm. it's always rooted in, in poop jokes and and boner <laughs> boner humor so it, it it it's a nice kind of uh safety blanket when, when you do this stuff yeah. yeah i suppose we don't really have that as much when we write a review for for uh super jump it it kind of just needs to be a review but at the same time uh to what james alluded to earlier like yeah i i think james and i are both um at least in our interest bias toward nintendo and, and we don't try to hide it um it, it's it comes right. out in the show it, it we've talked about it many times um oh but by the way i'm so sorry i'm the guest here am i allowed to say poop yeah you can say uh you can say poop i we actually marked ourselves <laughs> explicit on itunes and i'm not i'm not quite sure how much i want to live up to that it's just more of a security blanket um but you can say whatever you want because it's already explicit on itunes i guess Uh, but but poop um i will have to allow it okay i'll try to be more demure going forward sure (laughs) but but uh what i was i was saying before um a bias of interest is not necessarily a bias of of judgment and i i I do think people online are are going to have to come around to accepting that as as the years go on and just the critical space of video games, especially on places like YouTube and, and medium.com and, and, and Twitch um, just explode. And, and there's going to be so many more people talking up their favorite video games for no conceivable reason, but it, you know, we enjoy doing it. So they're going to have well, to learn the, uh, the upside too of running what, what's considered a fan site. And I, I generally don't like that term fan site anymore because I feel like it's too dismissive. Mm. We, I mean, mm. we've, we've moved into the realm of niche entertainment and <laughs> what we do is the niche of a niche of a niche. So it, for me, it's just very specifically targeting a very narrow interest, but I I feel like you know that that that's that's great that's fine and and also then we can get away with those uh, biases because it's it's right there in the banner it's not like we're this general gaming site where yeah. we we have to kind of cover everything yeah. and we have to cover stuff we're not that interested in I mean we do have to cover stuff we're not that interested in. I would be lying if if I said we were interested in Mario Party the Top One Hundred. But if Donkey Kong shows up in it and it looks like he'll show up in one mini game, uh, we, we have to cover it. So, <laughs> do, you, do you think it's actually do you think it's actually just going to be one mini game that makes it so you have to cover the yeah. entire game? He, he he appears as a non-playable character in the mini game <laughs> Jump Man from I believe Mario Party Seven. Got to cover so, it. Uh... That's so he's not, he's, he's not, not even playable, playable. In the game because he, he has to be a non-playable character in this solitary <laughs> mini game. So <laughs> Nintendo's treating Donkey Kong fans right this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't considered the Donkey Kong aspect of this year uh, too heavily, but but you're right. It, it seems like Nintendo's doing a lot of great stuff this year, but just not not for maybe not for Heil Russell. 
Well, okay, but here, here's the thing, and here's you, th this ties back into an earlier question or, or statement. I can't remember if there was a question mark at the end or not. Uh, asked how, how have we been around since 1999? Well, it's because we're not just a Donkey Kong site. We're a Donkey Kong universe site. So this whole conceit, partially, uh, you know, partially a farce that there's this shared universe between Donkey Kong, Banjo-Kazooie, Conker, uh, all these rare properties, it allows us to basically have inertia when there's we're, we're getting nothing from, say, Nintendo. So when Donkey Kong's in a dry spell, there'll, there'll typically be stuff happening with Rare that's that's keeping interest in the site alive. When, when Rare is kind of behind closed doors or when they were making, like, Kinect games, well, well then we had Retro with reviving Donkey Kong Country. It, there, there's something just remarkably resilient about this this idea that we've constructed and and it allows us to even when like donkey kong's only appearing in homage as a rabid or when there's just street signs based on characters from his the, the games you love you still you still have stuff to talk about and mm -hmm. you can even poke fun at that absence of donkey kong at the same time so there's there's just a wealth of stuff you can draw from and write about and make videos about and do podcasts about. It's you've also got to be kind of insane at the same time. So, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, here at Super Jump on the Super Jump podcast, yes. we are currently working on fostering a, a, a community behind our written sure. work and our podcast, and you've done this. By by the sound of it, maybe a little accidentally, very well. Um, between the the Facebook group, which has like some number of thousands of people following it right now, um, the the DK Vine forums, the conversation itself. Um, how how do you think you've you've managed that so far, and what have what have been the main challenges in being the figurehead of a community like that? You know, it didn't start out like we we intended to do that. Honestly, when we started the website, it was just we're going to write stuff and you're going to have to pay attention to us and you can't be dismissive. We didn't even have a forum initially. And, and I, I wasn't that like I didn't see the appeal of it back then. And I, I wasn't that forward thinking back then. But I, I think it was just kind of a gradual thing we we eventually did you know have a forum i think at the beginning of our second year and you know that that's had its ups and downs and but there's there's just been some genuinely great people on there you know and i made some lifelong friendships from that forum and then so you kind of it kind of puts the, the seeds in your head and i i think you know we you start you start small and you kind of grow from there and you know, social media, as much as people, you know, rag on it and, and complain about it. And, you know, I do, too. I, I barely use my personal Facebook account, but I can't imagine a DK Vine now without a Facebook page because it's just that and Twitter. It's just the most efficient way to directly reach people who aren't even visiting your site at that moment. And what I like to do is, you know, I have this idea is, OK, if I. Imagine I was a kid and I'm imagining it. Okay. Well, <laughs> don't, don't, don't make me get a restraining order out of you. Yeah, that, uh, that escalated quickly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm trying to rein it in. This isn't my podcast. And, uh, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to be a good boy. Um, I try to imagine what it was like when I was a kid and I was like starved for, I, I wanted to read about, this this passion I had, which was for Rare's uh, shared universe. So, you know, I, I would like thumb through Nintendo Powers or, or other gaming magazines and, and just make do with what I had or I. But I, if I had like a smartphone back then and I could get like that content being directly into my phone on a daily basis, what would I want to read? What would delight me? What would delight the the eight year old me, the, the one who wasn't even writing for DK Vine, maybe 10, 11, eight's a little young. Uh, so that that's basically, I just basically went from there and I just have these insane, like rambling essays on the Facebook page. 
and and then from there you know there there are people who only know our site from social media who who have never ventured on our website or or maybe haven't listened to our podcast so you kind of have to it's just casting a wide net essentially uh, of mm-hmm. this is how people consume content over here so i'll i'll cast cast the net in that direction oh oh but people want this over here so we got to make sure the net reaches over there so mm. i guess it's just don't limit yourself like just just put yourself out there and and, and put yourself out there in different ways and that's especially important when you're dealing with such niche malarkey as this stuff is. Yeah, de- definitely. Um, I've noticed that fan sites in general don't e- exist anymore, really. Um, <laughs> even even in maybe even five years ago, there, there were at least some, and there just aren't anymore. Right. Uh do you think it's just uh, maybe a refusal to upgrade to things like Facebook and, and Twitter or maybe just an ignorance of how important that's going to be? What do you think that's about? I think it's a little bit of that. I think for the, the people who the, – the contemporaries who started around our time or after us – because even through the the aughts, the noughties, whatever you want to call them, you know, fan sites were still cropping up. Uh, I don't want to call them the noughties. What is that? What you said? <laughs> yeah, that's what some people call them the noughties. I've never heard this. Okay, well, is this a I, thing I, people say? I, oh yeah, P- people say that here. Yeah. Inter- okay. Yeah, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe I'm just the weird one. <laughs> yeah, I I do think it's well, and I think some of these fan sites they they lost interest and they didn't have that moment where they could reclaim it, you know, and they just move on with their lives. They have kids. They, they, um, they, they find careers in other, you know, directions and it, it, you know, what what was just a stupid little hobby of theirs gets kind of forgotten. Um, and I, I think what's changed with us is with the advent of things like Patreon, we're, we're we're kind of able to finance this stuff now and and actually grow it into something beyond just mere hobby but actually kind of a career which is is kind of ludicrous to talk about when people ask me what i do i i say oh i i donkey kong professionally and <laughs> they have no idea what i mean but it's it, it's remarkable and the i mean the the infrastructure that the internet has kind of granted us over the last few years i i wish more fan sites would upgrade because i i kind of miss seeing those even if i have no interest in it i love knowing that there is a place for fans of those to go other than say a subreddit you know mm-hmm. it's yeah yeah it, it's it's nice to know that other people with with passions just as intense as my my passion for this have a home and I, I think that's why, at a certain point, I realized I can never walk away from this because I kind of owe it to the people who fell in love with my idiocy from high school to keep it going. And even when I die, I plan to haunt it as a ghost or put my head in a jar <laughs> on, a, on a like little robot spider legs. And I'm, I'm going to find a way to keep it going. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> I don't feel that way about like anything I'm doing in my life, so it's <laughs> that's that's awesome, I guess. Yeah, you just have to find your passion. You just have to find your calling. Even a, think outside the box, because this is pretty damn weird what I'm talking about right now. But that that's the great thing about 2017. You can be pretty damn weird and make a living from it. That's true. That's true. Uh, you can even be racist on live streams and be like one of the richest men on the internet. It's it's perfect. Great oh, year well, altogether, by the way. Just, I love the year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that might be it. I think we're going to wrap up. Thank you so much for being on the show, Heil. Um, listeners out there, if you want to write into the Super Jump podcast, we implore you to do so. You can do that at 
podcast at superjump.online. That is podcast at superjump.online. There's no .com. Uh, don't get confused. It's one of those .online dealies. And finally, my favorite section of every episode, after school can activities. I, I'm sorry. Can I make a suggestion real quick? I know this is terribly rude of me. Sure. But when Superjump, like launches a print magazine can it please be called superjump.offline Ooh, that's oh, good oh i love that <laughs> that is cool <laughs> yeah that's that's a that's an actual good idea i <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah okay yeah definitely <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll credit you in the first issue oh thank you um so after school activities is something we like to do uh, near the end of every episode where we give out a recommendation to our listeners uh, to check out between this episode and the next because we are a bi-weekly show or whichever one is every two weeks. Is that bi-weekly or is bi-weekly twice a week? No uh, one knows. That's right. it, scientists haven't figured it out yet. Um, <laughs> There's no scientific consensus on that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the the jury's still out. Um, I I'll go first. My after school activity is a YouTube video. It is a feature length documentary. It's about an hour, so I guess it's not feature length. I, sorry, I already lied to you. Bad start. But it's called Polybius, the video game that doesn't exist, and it's by the YouTuber Ahoy A H O Y. Polybius is a is is an arcade machine that was planted in certain arcades in the early 80s by the FBI to test certain psychological effects of video games on children. Um, except this didn't actually happen. It's just a very widely spread internet myth. And Ahoy goes into great detail and does a ton of research about the origins of this myth and um he just tracks down like okay well if it's not real who started it and it, it's great it's a great little uh investigative documentary i highly recommend it the video is once again called polybius the video game that doesn't exist uh james what's your after school activity oh i struggled with this one um but and this is a i'm gonna recommend a youtube channel that probably Anyone who's listening to this has probably seen it, but I'm going to recommend it anyway. Uh, if you go to YouTube and you look for The Gaming Historian, this is one of my favorite YouTube channels. Um, and for me, like I'm really interested in classic games, really interested in kind of video game history, especially those, and Polybius is a great example, those sort of weird stories that you don't often hear about. Um, and this channel basically has everything. So um, sometimes it's a really big topic, like it'll be, you know, um, history of the, the NES, something like that. But then sometimes it'll get really, really specific. Like there's a whole video on the invention of the D-pad and where that came from and what was behind it. Um, it's, it's just a really great channel if you've got any interest in, in gaming history. Really highly recommended. Seems super interesting. Heil, do you have an after-school activity for us to share with our listeners? Yeah, uh, I will also recommend a YouTube channel, and it is The Geek Critique, um, oh. run by one Josh Wallen. And Good guy. Yeah, uh, he, he's a friend of the site, as we like to say, and what he, he'll do is he'll do uh, usually like 30 to 50-minute video kind of essays on a particular video game and the magic of what he does is he can take a video game i have no interest in and he'll sell me on the appeal of it and, and not only sell me on it but kind of engross me with the history of it so it doesn't matter what he's talking about i i will be just compulsively watching his videos and they're educational he, he really gets to the heart of, of what makes a certain game magical and uh, just just highly entertaining, very, very polished, great production values, and that's The Geek Critique on YouTube. Do you have a favorite of his to recommend to our listeners? 
uh, any of the Metroid uh, series he's done, they are phenomenal. I am somebody who's like intellectually always kind of respected Metroid, but never understood Metroid. And then I watched his videos, and now I, I, I completely get what makes Metroid so beloved and special. And I can say, like, I'm a Metroid fan because of him. So, cool. That sounded dismissive. It is actually really cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to check that out. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, great, great picks from both of you. I'm I'm into, well, I've actually checked out the Geek Critique quite a bit, but I'm, I'm into, you know, maybe I'll dip in a second time. And also Gaming Historian, I'll check that out too. Um, until next time, you can follow us on social media at facebook.com slash superjumponline. Uh, if you review us on iTunes, I know I already asked, but I'm going to ask twice because it's super, super important, you guys. It, it just, it has a much bigger impact than you'd think on small operations like ours. And Heil, before we say goodbye, do you have anything else you'd like to plug? Besides my own wares? Sure, any, anything you'd like. All right, well, check out DK Vine at DKVine.com and check out DK Vine's Conversation Podcast. We're on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, YouTube, and on DKVine.com itself. Just in case uh, that <laughs> didn't translate perfectly into the audio medium that is podcast, that is Conversation with a K at the beginning yes. and a G after the N. It's, uh, it's also a really terrible pun that doesn't work when you say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you, James, for sticking with me, as always. And thank you, Heil, for being on the show this week. We'll jump at you next time. Stay super. <laughs>